This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Welcome to Wisconsin Real Estate Today. I'm your host, John Gescheidmeyer, and today we're talking about picking the right agent. And I would argue that that's probably one of the most important things that one can do. So joining me in the studio today is Annette Herbert. Annette is with Remax Service First. And uh, Annette, if you could introduce yourself, talk a little bit about who you are, and uh, we'll get right into how to pick a good agent. Thanks, John. Um, I have a real estate license in 2014. Prior to that, I was a footwear buyer for a catalog company as well as Kohl's department stores. Uh, real estate has always been an interest of mine. Loved attending the parade of homes. And when I'd hear of family and friends looking for properties or thinking about selling, I would just take it upon myself to do research and give them ideas and things like that. So it's really exciting to be living my passion so much so that I actually don't even feel like I'm working. So that is a great feeling. It is. Yeah. Well congratulations on finding that success. Um the goal of the podcast today is to really for listeners to understand some of the things that we recommend when you look for agents, whether it's us or another company or another agent, we'll talk about the do's and the don'ts. Let's start with the don'ts, because those to me are a little bit more interesting. The don'ts, as I can just think of them off the top of my head, and I want you to comment on these. Don't pick an agent from a mailer. Don't pick an agent. And by the way, I'm not saying don't eventually hire them, but you have to make sure that when you're hiring these people that you're also not hiring them strictly because you got a mailer. Don't hire somebody because you attended an open house. Don't hire somebody strictly because there's a sign at a home down the street that sold. Comment on those, on the don'ts. Well, I would add a couple as well. Um, I think, you know, don't just pick somebody off of Zillow without reading reviews or, um, I think, I, I guess it's just do your homework. Just because someone sent you a mailer, they may be brand new and not have any history, so. What would be the danger in hiring somebody just because you know, maybe you've seen one or even two signs in their neighborhood? It can, it can be easy to hire somebody off of a sign. Just, you know, if I get one listing in a subdivision, now suddenly, even though I've never sold a property, somebody might consider me to be an expert. It's possible that that person in your neighborhood hired that agent because of a you know, recommendation or a personal relationship and maybe didn't vet that agent um, as well as maybe they should have. And um, maybe that agent isn't actually going to be a good fit for your personality. And, you know, I mean, everybody's different. When you're looking at agents, uh, I'm sorry, when you're looking at an agent, if you're a seller, let's say, we'll just deal with sellers in particular, what are some of the traits or the, the the qualities, the characteristics that that, that that listing agent should really possess? Well, I do think it's different for every uh, seller. Some sellers like a lot of communication. Some sellers just want a weekly update. 
um, some sellers really need their handheld if they've never done this before. Other sellers have um, done it, you know, a couple dozen times if they're military and they always move around. So I think it's really just about communicating when I meet with a seller uh, what their expectations are and, you know, explain to them that I'm happy to, you know, communicate as often as they want or as little as they want and kind of just walking them through that process to make sure we're a good fit and on the same page. Well, you hit it on the head too. I, I think there's, no matter what, you've got to hire somebody that is a good personality fit. So if you are selling your home and you are not in real estate, now you have an advantage because you are and you've been so successful at it. But if you were hiring a seller, what were some of the questions that you would ask a listing, a potential listing agent as they came to your house? I would ask them how many homes they've sold, how long they've been in business. Do they primarily uh, represent buyers or sellers? Um, I would ask them about who's taking the photos, um, if they're, what their thoughts are on an open house. Um, that's just what's coming to mind right now. <laughs> well, no, and those are great. Um, and I think when, when we get recommendations from people, we just, we tend to either like or dislike people. And we make a decision based on that. So if I, if I have a connection with somebody, uh, that's great. That's awesome because you should, and you should feel comfortable with the personality type because, you know, I've always said to people too, when you're listing a home, that agent is an extension of the home. It's an extension of the people that are selling it. And they really set the tone. You know, it's got to be an agent that works well with others, um, that has a good connected network and a good reputation in the industry. Now, that's hard for a seller to figure out. But personality is not it. And I think you hit on something that I want to dive into a little bit deeper, too. And that is, what tools does that agent have in their disposal? How are they going to market the home? Are they active on social media? Do they take their photos with their iPhone? Now, iPhone technology and even some of the Samsung technology has come a really long way. But you can't just take your photos on a listing on an iPhone. So there's a lot of things to consider. Talk to some of those considerations. In today's market, um, people are primarily looking at homes on the internet. So I always tell my sellers that your photos are your 24 hour a day, seven day a week, 365 day a year open house. That's really how buyers are making a decision on whether they want to attend your, you know, and make an appointment for your home. I've seen photos out there where um, there's pets in the background or the lights aren't on or, um, I don't know, there's remotes and like lots of clutter uh, around, um, which is something that I don't ever do. I always go into a house and kind of final prep it before my professional photographer arrives, including hiding remotes. And I teasingly tell my sellers they're going to have a little bit of a scavenger hunt when they come back to their home to find out where I hid some things. <laughs> well, that's a good point, too, because... You know, what they think is photo ready might not be what we think, but it's also that agent's job to coach people through that. And I think most people can figure that out relatively early on, whether or not this agent is going to communicate the things 
And I think I, there's always a fine line between when you walk in and you meet these sellers, between kind of taking over and getting them into your process. So when you meet people for the first time, again, let's just stick with the listing. We'll do it. We'll, we'll talk about buyer's agents next. But um, when you walk into a house, tell us a little bit about your process. What should somebody expect from you walking into their house the very first time you meet about doing the market analysis, talking about comparables, trying to have a, a conversation about price? Um, what's your process? So before I go into a person's house, I have had a phone conversation with them and I have already done a little bit of research about the neighborhood and recently sold homes. And I try to get a range that I think this person is going to end up listing in. And I arrive at the appointment with that information, but eventually end up telling them that I need to refine it after having been in the home. It's very, very difficult to come up with a list price without having actually been in the home. When I arrive in a house, I ask the seller, I, well, I tell them two things that I would like to take some time to sit down at a table with them and talk to them about me, about uh, Remax and about the listing process and to answer any other questions. And I also would like a detailed tour of their home. And I let the seller decide which one they'd like to do first and second. Most people want to take me through their house, which works out well because we develop a little bit of um, camaraderie or relationship, you know, as we're going through the house. And I think it helps them feel comfortable with me as far as uh, property knowledge, because I will ask them, you know, leading questions as I'm going through a home, you know, like, is that water softener rented or owned? And how old is the furnace? And you know, things like that. So it, it makes them understand that I'm not just all about the pretty stuff, but I actually know how a house works. Great knowledge because, um, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, I've said it on previous podcasts, you just need about $1,500 to get your license in the state of Wisconsin. You have to pass your test, your training can be online, and you could have never owned a home, never sold a home, never bought a home, not that that's necessarily a requirement, but you have no knowledge of the house and how it works. Right. And we see that with new agents here too, where where we have to bring in home inspectors. We have to uh, we have to send them out on home inspections to learn more about the house. I've given agents guides um, on here is how a home works. Mm -hmm. You know, books. So that knowledge is really important, and I think it's a way too for you to see how serious the agent is. Because one of the things that I've heard, and I just can't believe it, and this is a huge red flag for anybody who interviews multiple agents, if that agent to me is not taking a lot of notes and to your point, asking a lot of questions, I would be, I think they're just giving you the minimal. And, and that should be a pretty good indication into, you know, what's to come. Uh, some, some of the seller considerations that they have to make when they pick an agent range from commission to marketing plans? What are some other things that, in your opinion, they need to really strongly consider when looking at whether or not they should hire you versus somebody else or you know, vice versa? Because let's be honest, people want a discount. People want to feel like they're getting full service, uh, but, but you have to pay for that too. You know, Very rarely can you walk in and with a listing agent and get an unbelievable commission deal with unbelievable marketing 
over-the-top uh, communication from the agent. You know, those are qualities that just don't exist because in our world, you also have to spend money to make things happen. And you talked about it too when you talked about the photos itself and hiring people. So um, one of the things I often tell sellers is that, you know, as you're interviewing other agents, you may be talking to an agent that does 80 listings a year or, you know, some of those discount flat fee type providers that do um, a lot more volume than if you check my history and you'll see that I do in a year. But that is intentional for me because I, I, I physically can't handle doing more than probably 40 transactions a year and give the type of communication, timely communication and customer service and detail to their home as I have chosen to do the way I think that I want to run my business and provide that kind of service. Um, so if, if you're dealing with an agent that, you know, is flaunting the number of sales that they've done each year, and it sounds like a lot, um, you can expect to either not get a lot of, you know, timely communication from them or customer service, or they're having, you know, an assistant do a lot of the work. So you may be thinking you're hiring this agent, but once you sign the listing contract, that's not who you communicate with throughout the rest of the process. Well, and that's a good point because there are many teams that uh, run on a team model where, you know, maybe somebody just does a just does buyers. That's all they work with. Or some people might just do listings. But behind the scenes, you have all these people doing these things, and, and they've never been to the house. Right. You know, so you have somebody that that is that is assisting the team, or maybe conducting open houses that has never has never been there. And that's okay if you take the time to to bring them up to speed and to, to learn them. There's a lot of advantages to a team process. There's a lot of disadvantages. There was a very, very, very uh, well-known team in the Metro Milwaukee area, where I think they people just figured it out afterwards. When the team leader would come and say, "Look, this is what we do. This is who I am," and then you never saw that team leader again. And you're hiring that person, I think, in most cases. And a lot of times, my my experience has been. And a lot of times the team, when it's transferred over to an assistant or something like that, maybe an office person, they are not accessible on the weekends. They work nine to five. I I work crazy amount of hours as my clients need. I will answer texts and phone calls from about 7.30 in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock at night if needed and seven days a week. So if somebody is transitioning the process over to an assistant or somebody that's in the office, you're not going to get that kind of communication, which is fine for some people. So it's, again, it's just a matter of making sure you understand what you're getting when you're hiring an agent. Well, those are great points. Um, let's transition to buyers. So buyers are a different animal, of course, in, in our world, because you, know, you may have a seasoned or a veteran buyer who's bought two, three times already. They get the process. And you may have a first-time home buyer who doesn't know anything and they need a lot of help and a lot of hands-on. And you know, one of the things I think that that you with your clients you have such good reviews on is how you communicate and how you handle buyers. And I've seen it in your negotiating too, that when you negotiate for these people, you fully understand who they are, you fully understand what they're looking for. 
the amount of money they may have, uh, let's say after a home inspection, to be able to do things themselves. Talk about the process of hiring a good buyer's agent, a little bit different than the listing agent. So obviously as a buyer's agent, you don't have to worry about taking pictures of professional photos of a house. Um, but there are some similarities in that for a buyer, um, I, I tell them that I do not do a detailed market analysis to figure out what a house is actually worth until they are ready to write an offer. And then I treat them like I would treat a seller. I do that market analysis for them um, and say, you know, if I was if I was uh, representing the seller, I think I would recommend that they list it for this. I also think that knowing what's going on in the marketplace and having the experience of working with buyers and knowing you know, houses are selling, if they're, if a house is getting an offer, an accepted offer in the first four days on the market, in today's market, it's selling for list price or higher. So just kind of setting up a buyer's expectations um, right away and letting them know where the market's at. And, you know, a lot of times buyers don't listen to you on the first one and they have to lose a house or two. And then they're like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. And they say, how much over do I have to write on this one? Um, and again, like you were talking about for new buyers, um, well, actually for any of my buyers, I really want them to love their house. I will never talk them into a house that I feel like they're so-so on. I pride myself on spending their money like I would spend my own and if I don't think that it's the right fit for them, um, I won't, I'll, t I'll tell them. And, which means that once we get that accepted offer, you know, talking through the rest of the process, the home inspection, the appraisal, those kinds of things, I know they really, truly love that house. So I talk to my buyers about, um, it's not just about getting the accepted offer where you go back to negotiating possibly two other times. You know, through the home inspection, we're negotiating again. And I set them up talking to them about what to expect through a home inspection, um, what can go wrong. And I don't know, I think it's just about experience and, and laying things out there for them so they understand. Well, the key to what I think you're saying on both sides of the uh, listing and buyer's aisles is communication and understanding, getting to know your clients and getting to understand what motivates them, what they're looking for. I mean, I've always felt that the purchase of a home is really an extension of their personality to some degree. And if you don't know their personality and you haven't sit and you haven't taken the time to sit and talk to them, I don't know how you can really fully help them to their maximum. Right. You know, that's just my, my thoughts. So as we wrap this up, and I think this is so helpful for people who are considering hiring an agent, uh, what would be kind of your summary in general? When you're hiring an agent, what are maybe the top three things that you would recommend that they look at or that they, um, that they and you've said them, I think, already, but as a good summary, you know, one of them was communication. Yeah. What are some of the other ones? Um, the experience so that they're able to anticipate problems either in the transaction or if listing a house, like anticipate issues with the house and, and help you correct them before they happen or resolve them before they happen. Um, I also think, you know, it's important to find someone that has experience and maybe does enough sales that they're 
my livelihood doesn't end if your transaction doesn't go through. So I'm not going to be pushing you to do something that I don't think is right. I'm going to be looking out for your best interest. So if you have an agent that does one or two sales a year, they're maybe not as knowledgeable about market conditions, or they maybe really, really need you to buy that house so that they can pay their bills. So. Well, and that, that's not to discredit new agents, um, but I do want to talk about, you know, I mean, I, let me finish. Well, that I was new at one point too, exactly. you know, so yeah. I, I use the analogy that um, you can't lose five pounds at once, you lose one and then another and then another. And that's the same thing with sales. Mm-hmm. Your, your opinion though, as we kind of segue uh, into this, full-time versus part-time agents. Oh yeah, definitely full-time. It is really difficult for me to um, manage a transaction and go through a transaction with an agent that's part-time. Um, a lot. Clients well, even availability. Yeah, clients today, they want answers now. So if I have a buyer or a seller that needs an answer from the other side and I reach out to the other side right away and I don't get an answer for 10 hours because that other agent's working their other job, it's extremely frustrating to my client. And it makes, I feel like it makes me look bad um, because I'm not getting back to my client. So it's, you know, the communication again, which we've talked about. So the communication is hampered when the other agent is part-time and, um, you know, generally the experience and knowledge about the industry is probably not as great if the agent is just doing a couple deals a year. We all have to start somewhere, but when you're selling your most important asset, and oftentimes the largest amount of money that you've got available to you in equity, or you know, especially if you're selling a, a very large house, uh, those things are really important. And that, thank you so much for joining us today. I think um, we should definitely follow up on this in a couple months with the with a, a next version of this, but. In the meantime, as people start to navigate through winter, they start looking at listing their home. And I think there's going to be a, a huge volume of listings this spring. I hope so. She hopes so, just like <laughs> everybody else does. But um, And I'll make my, my predictions coming up in the next podcast. But when it's all said and done, start early, too. Don't wait till the last minute. You know, If you want to list a home in a week, a week out is not the time to necessarily find your agent. Find your agent long before you're considering listing. If you think you want to, you know, we're recording this in December, right? If you're thinking about listing in April, it's not too late to find an agent. It's, it's, it's not too soon, I should say. Uh, you, yeah. should, you should start that process earlier. And I also think that works to the seller's benefit as well, because I hear from sellers a lot that they think they have so much work they need to do to get their house ready to list. Or on the other hand, people think it's ready to list and it may not be. But a lot of times, you know, in this market, I don't think sellers have to do quite as much to get it ready to list as they may have had to do a couple of years ago. So oftentimes I go in um, and meet with the seller and they are so excited that I'm saying, you know what, that's okay. That's okay. I think that's okay. Or we can address it in price if you're open to that. Um, So definitely reaching out to a competent real estate professional as you're starting to think about listing that we can help guide you as to what you should and should do to get it ready to list and maybe what you don't need to do. I I agree with you wholeheartedly that most people think they've got so much to do and you walk in and say, you know what, don't worry about that. Especially today's market. 
you're going to have probably five, six, seven, ten offers anyway. And even if you don't, and you only get a couple or one, we've set that up. And if you're thinking about selling within the next year, call yeah. us. So if people want to get a hold of you, Nett, um, give them your contact information. We'll give you a little plug on that so you can contact Annette directly. Um, and you know, you've just some, you've done such a great job. I, I I thought this would be a perfect opportunity for you to come in and really sh- teach our listeners on what to look for. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, John. You can reach me at text or phone 262-271-4894. If you prefer email, it's Annette at soldwisconsin.com. All right, guys, John Gescheidmeyer here. Thanks for joining. More great stuff to come in the next couple podcasts. But until then, may we help you with all of your real estate needs. And uh, as we approach the holidays, happy holidays as well.